from Invisible Studios. This is Facade Podcast, whimsical cultural analysis presented in relevant, understandable ways that critique and celebrate hip-hop while discussing our place in it. I am your host, Dr. Brian Keith Hoskins. Today, we begin our season two, episode eight, with Ether, where we explore why the legacy of Lil Wayne needs a deeper examination. Dive into three random topics, our full disclosure, either or, neither nor, what we not gonna do, time back and end with the detangle about our ancestors sitting still. Don't forget to download this episode, subscribe, listen, and share. Let's go. Extend it a little bit. We talk. We get ready to talk about the legacy of Little Wayne. He don't never get the props he deserves, right? So let me say this: Little Wayne is the only MC in the history of hip hop music to have four number one albums across four decades, right? So I'm gonna run them off to you: ten albums. Little Wayne, The Block Is Hot, dropped in 1999. Where, uh, 500 Degrees, 2002. Carter Two, 2005. Like Father, Like Son, 2006. Carter Three, 2008. Rebirth, 2010. I'm Not a Human Being, 2010. Carter Four, 2011. Carter Five, 2018. Funeral, 2020. All those albums debuted at number one. <laughs> Ten of them. 15.43 million units sold. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to give. I, we're gonna give Little Wayne his. We you gonna smell Little Wayne's flowers for for about seven more minutes. <laughs> That's what we gonna do. The song I just led with was "The Block Is Hot." Right again, came out in 1999. Right, followed up by "500 Degrees," 2002. Where you at? Tell me if y'all remember this joint. All our homies, if you with me, where you at? Oh. First to the front and push them balls to the back. Oh. I see you down there scream at me, holla back. Oh. Now where you at? Break, 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 Keep on the It's a itch to a rich man. Whoa. <laughs> that sound just made me want to go. <laughs> yes. 
nothing but heat and energy there. So I would I really wasn't on Cash Money then. 2005, yeah, Carter Two. That's the first album I bought from Wayne. So now keep in mind, Black is Hot, 1.4 million dollars. 500 Degrees, sorry, 1.4 million records sold. 500 Degrees drops three years later. 2002 goes gold. 500,000 records sold. But this, yeah, Carter Two. When I heard this song right here, this album was 878,000 units sold. It didn't go platinum, but it went beyond gold. And this song right here is what made me buy this CD. Ain't nobody with me, man. He man, ski man, spending next week's cash. He fast, and I don't even need a GPS. I'm past it. I'm passing them out now, and you can't have nope. that. Hit my chain, two can't send that. Couple cool colors, you can't match that. Gotta be abstract. You catch my girl. Open better step. Right. Don't be surprised if she asks where the cash at. I see she wearing them jeans that's in her butt. My girls can't wear that. Why? That's for my. Uh-huh. Yeah. I put my mat down. That's where you let get. She need a candle lit, and I'm a wax dick. I'm pretending to flame. She remembered the name. His busy baby January, December the same. Woo! January, December's the same. <laughs> Boy, the, hey. This is when Wheezy... So this next album was really when he started doing his wordsmithing. So as I did the research across the 10 albums, they dip, they plummet, sales, then they increase. And I don't really... I remember the time, because I was alive during that time, <laughs> right? But it's just the... the It's just the ebb and the flow of the music, which is kind of weird. But hey, I guess just, you know, about the sales. But anyway, so... Carter two. 2005, 870,000 units sold. Then, very next year, like father, like son. And it only goes gold. 500,000 units sold. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand that. But I guess I get it in, in hindsight, right? Because, you know, Cash Money was still growing. Juvenile, BG, Turk, well, I think Turk was incarcerated at the time, by 06. But they were still moving units. Like father, like son. You know, I'm, I'm like my father, but not as good, right? <laughs> Yeah, not as good. But when I heard this joint right here, huh? Stun like my daddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Constant rotation. Getting money. Getting money. Hating on us. And Weezy the boss. Like my daddy. Like my daddy. Stun like my daddy. To giving him my fifteen dollars. So for those for those younger listeners, CDs used to be fifteen dollars. <laughs> yes, and I paid for them. Yeah, but but anyway, Carter Three, I think is Little Wayne's classic album, right? So two years later, he releases Carter Three, which is his highest selling album. Well, not it is not. So Carter Three comes out in two thousand eight, three point eight million records sold. 3.8 million records sold. Oh, yes, yes. Now, this single right here is probably his greatest MC single, where it's just straight bars. 
Yeah, yeah. When I heard this, this made me a little Wayne fan. Young money. Oh, listen to that. Anyway. Now this this album had two heaters on it, <laughs> and this was the second one. It only went, yeah, it only went gold. It did. I thought it should have moved more units, only went gold. But this single right here, I think was the best single on the album. I got ice in my veins, blood in my eyes, hate in my heart, love in my mind. I seen nights full of pain, days are the same. You keep the sunshine, save me the rain. I search but never find, hurt but never cry. I work and forever try, but I'm cursed, so never mind. And it's worse, but better times seem further and beyond. The top gets higher, the more that I climb. The spot gets smaller, and I get bigger. Trying to get in where I fit in. No room for it, but no room for me. I get that. But this next song made Lil Wayne a favorite for me. I'm not a human being. 2010, 953,000 units. This song is a personal testimony. Whoa! Uh, camel shouts and bubble kush. Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, we can talk, she rather fuss. Right, right. This and that about such and such. Mm -hmm. Man, damn, where is the fucking trust? Where's the trust? I'm tired of the who and hollering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm about to take the coop to, to Collins. Collins. Let's uh, go. Then take a female to the island. Mm -hmm. uh, then take her clothes off and, and do, do the, the honors. Yeah. <laughs> now she hear them with them other bitches. That's, that's a rumor. Yeah. I told her mine on fucking business. Uh, uh. <laughs> Shit, she probably out your fucking niggas. Mm. I'm fucking her friends. Now her friends ain't even fucking with her. Testimonies, testimonies, testimonies. Wayne, testify. I hear you with the testify. I hear you. Now, keep in mind, Rebirth, he dropped in 2010. I'm Not a Human Being, he dropped that album in 2010. And then followed it up with Carter Four, which some people say is his classic. Some people say Carter Four is the classic. I don't think it is. I think he only got one classic. Again, Carter Three, that's my joint. But this single here was the lead. Excuse my charisma, vodka with a spritzer, swagger down pat, call my shit Patricia, young money militia, and I am that commissioner, you don't want to stop, he's the 
because the F is my finisher. So misunderstood, but what's the world without enigma? Two bitches at the same time, synchronized swimmers. Got the girl twisted because she open when you twist her. Never met the bitch, but I fuck her like I missed her. Life is the bitch, and death is her sister. Sleep is the cousin, what a fucking family picture. You know for all the time, we all know Mother Nature. It's all in the family, but I am of no relation. So, if you follow Cash Money, Young Money, you know that Wayne took a hiatus, right? Because basically, Baby was stealing his money. So, Carter Ford, 2000, allegedly stealing. So, Carter Ford, 2011, sold 5.7 million records. That's his highest selling record to date, right? But that don't necessarily make it the best, right? But that's, yeah, that's it. That's the joint joint, right? And so, it's a break. From 2011 to 2018, then he drops Carter 5, right? So 1.2 million albums to date. Of all the songs on that album, Mona Lisa was my favorite. Not because it's with Kendrick. Okay, yeah, because it's with Kendrick. I got a story to tell, you know that I cherish this. Hope it ain't too many feelings involved. In this bitch, starting popping bottles, getting drunk with these bitches, and when they leave, they get followed. Fall asleep with that bitch, and really don't know much about her. Then she let us in, we take all of your shit, and when you wake up, she help you try to find it. I love her. I be with bitches, that be with bitches, that be with niggas with riches. I tell her, get him. She said, I got you. I say, no bitch, I say, get him. And they so pretty, and they had lengthy. He hit it and sleep on her titties. And she give us the word, we come through with their cages to stick up. She scream like a victim, now like you. Feeling so silly, I smoke color purple. I'm up in here feeling like silly. Ooh, nappy as dress. What's that you say? Watch your mouth, Millie. Ooh, watch your mouth, Billy Vanilli. <laughs> yeah. And so then the funeral drops. 2020, man. Yeah, that's, it's, that's, he got a legacy for your ass. So respect it. This is my favorite song off the funeral album right here. Check. Mahogany dashboard, I do the dashboard, gas to the floor, I'm pressing fast forward, I race a NASCAR, yeah. transport, just what you ask for, don't ask me what I ask for, if you can't answer, now who them Zans for, I pop dance for muscle relaxation, I'm a patient, pick up the pace when I feel too adjacent to who I'm racing, yeah, I'm spacing, I'm spacing out, oh, you faded, I'm faded out, oh, you made it, I made it out, what you shaded, I just smile, eight ball from orange mount, let down, I let down, like an eagle, she spread it out, ate it out, yeah, I ate it out. Seriously, I don't know if that was Marvin Gaye. I don't know who produced this track because I ain't seen the credits because you know how they do with the credits nowadays. It's just it's a whole other different thing. So I don't know who did what, but let me tell you. <laughs> that single right there, that mother's heat. Pure heat. It's like a house burning down with people trapped inside of it. <laughs> Not that that's funny, but yeah, that album is extra heat. Yeah, so yeah, that's I want to, I want to run that down for y'all. Real quick, give Lil Wayne his props. Black is Hot, 99, 500 Degrees, 2002. Carter 2, 2005. Like Father, Like Son, 2006. Carter 3, 2008. Rebirth, 2010. I'm Not a Human Being, 2010. Carter 4, 2011. Carter 5, 2018. Funeral, 2018. 10 albums, all number one debuts. 15.43 million albums sold. Lil Tunchi, Respect Dude. Yeah, three random topics. Phone penetrations. 
And just so y'all know, the air is on in the studio. I can't cut it off. I can't figure out how to cut it off. So it sounds like we kind of flying. You hear that? Yep, that's what it is. Anyway, so, oh, before we get to the topic, as an aside, Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Got to present my damn workshop. Oh, my bad, my bad. So the workshop is called Facade Podcast. Damn. Can we use hip-hop therapy to make sure we're going to be all right in our blackish? Yeah, that, that's what it is. We're doing it at Texas Tech University, right? So we just at A&M. Then we was at in Oklahoma. So now, Texas Tech, this Friday, yay, yay, 7 o'clock, that's the condo theater. <laughs> We're going to get loose. But anyway, phone penetrations, right? So I talked to somebody I know named Mo. We went to grad school together back in the day, right? And so she was moving around, going out this weekend, said she met a guy. That was like, hey. <laughs> so this how this how I heard it said her explain it to me. He was like, hey, who you here with? She was like, nobody. He was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, uh whoop 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 whoop. And then he got to the hey, can I get your number? <laughs> In this era, can I get your number? Imagine asking that. Yeah. And she was like, no, nah, but I take yours. And if I'm interested. I give you a call or not. And then she did the cardinal sin. I encourage any woman to never do this. She handed him her phone. Yeah. Handed him her phone and said, put your phone, put your number in my phone. What? (laughs) Ladies. Everything is a metaphor in life. Some things are real. Some things are imagined. Some things are metaphorical. If a woman had to meet her phone and was like, yeah, go ahead. Insert your number into my phone. What? (laughs) So, yeah, she said he took the phone, started licking his lips, and was like, yeah, let me go ahead and insert my number in your phone. Yeah. So what he did was took his finger and touched her screen on her phone, just dirtied her screen with his filth on his index finger. You don't know where his index finger been? Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Think think about where it been, right? So he types in his number. She said he did it extra slow, right? So she would know he was doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Then he inserted his name in after the number, right? So usually, you, you, hey, you would hope that he would, yeah, that would be the reverse name first, then the number, right? But yeah, inserted his name after the number, right? Then saved it, uh-huh, yep, and was like, hey, won't you give me a call, right? Yeah, give me a call. <laughs> so she said she gave him a call right there to make sure that the number that he put in was actually his number, Right? And I was like, okay. And she said, by the time she walked out the bar, he had called her back. Thirsty ass. <laughs> Thirsty ass. But yeah, metaphor. Ladies, don't never say what you want. What I, you never going to see me do is when I take pictures, that's why I take a whole lot of selfies, right? Because I don't want nobody. I'm not handing my phone to some random. I don't know where your fingers been. You can have coronavirus, bird flu, uh, Ebola. I don't know what you got. I ain't handing my phone. My phone is a representation of my physical person. 
I don't want nothing getting inserted. Yeah, no, none of that. We're not, we're not doing that. I don't know you like that. Yeah, for you to be, mm-mm. Nah, I'm not giving no woman my phone to insert nothing in. in nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, but she did that. And I, I talked to her about it. She was like, oh, yeah, that metaphor is kind of nasty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. So he went home and was like, hey, man, guess what happened? I see this beautiful woman at the bar, and guess what? Yeah, she gave me her phone, and I inserted my number. Yeah, and then I, then I put my name in it right after that. <laughs> that's terrible. Yes, <laughs> that's terrible. So remember, ladies, some stuff is live, some stuff is imagined, and some stuff is a metaphor. So don't, yeah, don't, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Don't do that, ladies. Don't ever hand a man your phone. You ask him for his number, or if he asks to get it, say, give me your number. You type it in. You type his name in, right? So then you control the situation. It's just you. You don't never want no man insert nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, especially no number into your phone. <laughs> Next topic. So, last weekend, I went to a, uh, not this weekend, the last weekend, the one week before that, I went to this Zeta Phi Beta event, right? Celebrate their hunter, hunter anniversary, right? It was nice. Pomp and circumstance, pageantry and all that, right? And they was giving away some bomb-ass gifts in a raffle, right? But this one lady, <laughs> this one lady got these energy sleep rocks, and I was like, well, what is Energy Sleep Rocks? So it came with a bag, so it had a nice bag, crumpled up paper, glitter all in it. It had the uh, alarm clock and the lotion, the lavender lotion that you smell to help you relax a little bit, getting your feelings and just, you know, tap out. And I was like, Energy Sleep Rocks? What's that? And she read it and said, Energy Sleep Rocks, the name, the name of the rock, like had like 15 letters. And she was like, you, it's, hey, if you rub them together, rub the rocks together, right? That you'll get sleepy. If you after you rub them, put them on either side of your ears, and you'll get sleepy. Really? <laughs> so you know me. I don't believe none of that. I try almost anything once. And I was like, here, take them out. So she handed them to me. We at the table. You know, everybody's at the table, they looking at me. Yeah. Now keep in mind, I'd already had, so I usually I told the, the you know, side podcast followers, y'all know this about me. I drink half a gallon of coffee a day. So I already had my gallons of coffee. It's about six o'clock. So I was wide awake, wide awake, right? And so I get the rocks. I'm rubbing them. The rocks is blue. It's like somebody broke a rock in half and it's got crystals on the inside. So they were silver, silver, shimmery, and like navy blue into baby blue. Like that was a spectrum. I rubbed them, put them on the side of my ears. Hey, real talk. <laughs> I got hella sleepy. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't believe in none of that. Who do, you know, whatever type of who do, what do, when do type of magic stuff. I don't believe in none of that. But this, man, <laughs> I'm finna give me some energy sleep rocks. For real. I, I've got hope. I, I probably never see late again, but I know the Zeta who did the, the thing. And so, yeah, man, I did those. I was like, dude, these rocks. It's pretty. 
I damn near fell asleep at the table. <laughs> everybody, everybody. I didn't want to be rude. Yeah, I didn't want to be rude, but I was like, damn, I need to get some of these because it got me to thinking. Everything's on a continuum, right? So if you got energy sleep rocks, you got to have some rocks that'll wake that ass up. In the morning, because I'd be sleepy, I should be able to, maybe you got to rub them in reverse. Not, yeah, and put them on side of your ears and you'll wake up. <laughs> but, but seriously, for the next pod, I'm, I'm going to know, actually, I'm going to put it on Insta. When I find out the exact name of the rocks, I'm going to put it on Insta, and I might even start selling rocks. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. <laughs> I might start selling rocks out here, putting y'all to sleep. All uh, y'all fiending for sleep, can't get no sleep. Might start selling y'all rocks. <laughs> yeah, no snowfall. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Energy sleep rocks. Man, third random topic. So. I've said on this podcast several times, I support love in all ways, shapes, and forms, right? Well, hold on. More coffee. I support love. Nobody's a bigger proponent of love than I am, right? So I'm a, I'm a type of, out. I'm in uh, mixed race love, same gender love, all kind of love, you know, international love. I'm for love. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's, I'm, everybody, love who you gonna love, but, <laughs> so my daughter Isis turned me on to this show called Love After Lockup, right, and so what happens is, it's a show where I've been in prison, wait, I've never been in prison, I'm not ever gonna go to prison, I don't do moves that cost freedom, but these people on the show, yeah, you was in prison, and I met you online through the prison dating app for prisoners. <laughs> what? That's probably why I don't know about it, right? And so I'm like, yeah, there's people on there, fell in love, went on the prison dating app. I don't know how the civilians got access to it. Met somebody, usually a man that's in prison, right? Fell in love, then got out of prison. So sidebar, it's some women hustlers, <laughs> It's some Megan the Stallion women hustlers in prison scheming. Oh, hey, these men is sending their kids college tuition money <laughs> to these women that's in prison. Anyway, these people fall in love. Why they with somebody that's in prison? I don't understand that. I, and, and hey, I get it. We all make mistakes. People go to prison for a variety of reasons: embezzlement, selling narcotics. Uh, beating somebody half to death. However you got to prison, that's how you got. You still a human. I'm not going to fall in love with you. <laughs> Before lockup, during lockup, or after lockup, not going to do it. <laughs> but it is, the, it is the most terrible. It's a thousand train wrecks, car wrecks, cr train, crane, uh, plane crashes, all happening at once. And it's just sad. It's sad because I hate to see a mark. So I'm trying to figure out how do you, I didn't seen a mark before. I used to find a mark, right? I said, I got cousins that's, that's Marines. We used to go to the club, see who's, how whoever could get the social security numbers of people first. You could get 
hey, your drinks was bought for the night. I got, I used to have that skill set. I could get a social security number from a total stranger, 100%. Just through the conversation. You know, people get comfortable. They'll tell you anything. But, yeah, you could pick a mark, but how can you spot a mark from prison? Why are you incarcerated? That, whoo, that right there is an extra skill set for your that's good. I respect it. But they have people on there. Man, as soon as they get out, here's my thing. If you was in love with me while I was locked up, you got on the app, you was in love with me, as soon as I get out of prison, I'm marrying you. Right then, we get married. It's, hey, no, definitely get married. I'm not going to leave you to see if grass is greener. And that's what the narrative is. <laughs> It just heartbreaks. It's people who break hearts open just to see what's inside. Uh, prisoners. That's that's all it is. I'm going with the sure bet. You love me. You put a ten thousand dollars on my books. I was I was I had a recliner in my cell <laughs> with cable TV and Netflix. That's what I had because of you. You paid for that. I'm gonna leave you to go to somebody that ain't. No, we, yeah, we not. Yeah, that's what we're not gonna do. <laughs> We definitely not doing that. So, yeah, prison, love after lockup, man. If you don't watch any show, you got to watch love after lockup. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Next section. This section, my favorite. It's, it's, it's new to the podcast or so podcast listeners. This section is called Full Disclosure, right? And, and it's about me giving my full disclosure. Today, I'm talking about dreamscapes, like, you know, my dreams that I've been dreaming. A lot, of, I've, been, I've been marking my dreams down, right? Things that I want to do, I want to become a professor, I want to be a rap artist, I want to start a podcast, I'm going to get to this comedy, right? So it's, I got a lot of dreams, right? Because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative, so I'm always going to be dreaming. And so this section is about really my dreams and how they tie into hip-hop. Now, I remember when I was broke, I ain't have nothing. I felt like this artist right here, he was trying to get closer to his dreams. Man, this song is my favorite song by him. Yeah. I remember me and, me and D used to talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Like, what it's going to be like when you get closer to your dreams. I didn't know much then, but probably tell you a little something now. Mm. Mr. Big Dreams, no tolerance. Cut you at the house and, and have a holler sense. Get bored quickly. Right? He stayed grown, so the P-A-Tron had to, to get, get poor quickly. Ex-girl stripping. Right? I can't stop no. her. New girl tripping, uh-huh. but I can't drop her. Because I need something to balance out the fact that it's hard to find a woman when, when you're talented and black. black. Uh, when you hollering at labels and they silencing you back. Right? You fail to thoroughly discuss some violence in your track. Well, gunshot to, to the, the young yacht owner. See this everybody one top loner. First place is often the worst place. But fuck it, I love it here. I call it my birthplace. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I, so I like that Drake is talking about getting closer to his dreams. He ain't stunting yet on people. He just he's he's basking in the fact that he's trying to get there, right? Drake is the king. This is why I love Drake. He's the king of the reminisce. Right about the complications of life as it relates to juggling women as a single man. Yet he's not as toxic as Future, right? He's not going to dog you out. He's going to be the one that gets dogged out. 
And I can relate to that because I've been dogged out and I can appreciate it. I've cried plenty of times because I didn't, the relationship ended early or I wasn't even allowed to get into a relationship. And I never spent money. I tell my son, yeah, my daughter, don't, don't spend no money on nobody. Don't do that. Give them memories. Don't buy nothing. Because when it's over, Right, they'll be. They won't be able to say, "Well, she bought me this," and well, sorry, he, uh, she bought me this, or he bought me that. They, yeah, they won't be able to say that. They'd be, they'd be like, "Hey, we went to so and so, and then it was over." Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I digress. But yeah, getting closer to your dreams. Like, what do you do when you accomplish all your dreams? Yeah, that, that's the question. I've been asking myself. You dream again? Like, I got a book to write. I got two books to write. And after that, you know, right now the podcast, we touring. We're getting ready to start touring with the podcast. Yeah, we, we'll make some announcements in the future. But that, that was the new dream. Do the podcast. As a, Initially, I was like, I want to do this podcast because I was angry, right? And I was just trying to figure it out, figure life out. I got a, I got therapy. and then I, But now it's been accomplishing my dreams, and it makes me feel good. But, but this next artist, the way that he frames dreams, it's, it's adjacent to the way that I do, right? His is bundled with more anger. So Drake and this artist have insight about dreams. So it's, it's across the dreamscape, right? It relates to emotion, emotional investment. And so when I heard this song, yeah, it was on the album. I thought he was his best album and the best album at the time. He don't really get a lot of props, but he is definitely in my top 10 MCs list. Woke up off that coma 2001. Done. Dream. I had visions of Dream. making the classic. Then my world turned mm. black. Like I was staring out of Stevie Wonder's glasses. Wow. It's kind of hard to imagine. <laughs> like Kanye West coming back from his fatal accident to beat making right. a rapid right. We the future. Whitney Houston told me that mm. it's going to take mm. more than a bullet in the heart to hold me back. Mm. in this 40 Dream. Dream. So, I love the game. Right? Kanye West produced that track. It was just filthy. You hear that? It was just filthy. So what I like about it is, so I, I tell anybody that listens to West Coast Hip Hop, there's not a better historian of West Coast Hip Hop who documents the history of the coast, uh, who name drops better than the game. Right? It's, excuse the pun, because this is the, off the documentary album. But he documents well. And, and this song is really just it's about the long-range scope of dreaming. Right, and so I, I can appreciate the reminisce about the come up. <laughs> Game is good at that. I think about it. So you just think, ten years ago, it was twenty ten. I was in grad school at the University of Utah. Only black doc student in my program, my PhD program, educational leadership and policy. Trying to get my PhD because I wanted to be a professor. Right, that that was what it was. And so I can appreciate the circumstance. Right, because I didn't always. We was eating fried spam, <laughs> drinking grape Kool Aid. <laughs> That's when I fell in love with big old bowls of Captain Crunch. <laughs> like Ice Cube was doing on Friday, just pour it all in and eat it. Like yeah, 
I, I had a dream. I want to get a PhD. And, and we was in the hustle at the time. It was it was struggle. Man, we was on the mother, struggle bus. Struggle bus. Research assistants. I was making $1,100 a month. Do the math. That's less than 15000 a year. <laughs> For five straight years. Yikes. Yeah, that's where I was. But that was, hey, that was the dream. Then I was trying to get it in, right? I was trying to make sure that that the dream was fulfilled, right? So Martin Luther King had a dream. That's the hook, right? His dream was unfulfilled because he was murdered. His dream was truncated, right, unfortunately, right? And so what happens to a dream deferred? That's that's the question that's asked. I want, Paul Robeson? No. Who wrote that? Look that up for me because I don't want to sound ignorant. But yeah, what what happens, right? The dream don't never come true. That's on you. Like, you got to get out here and get, you know, make your dreams happen. I, I dream. Some of us dream in color. I always ask people who are multilingual, like, how do you, when you dream, what language are you speaking in? What language are the people that are speaking to you speaking in? Right? I, I mentioned this this weekend at the conference. I met a young Muslim brother that told me, hey, all you're going to be able to do is, is speak. All you can hope to be is the same as the colonizer. And I was like, how? There's like, because language is thought. And the only language you speak is English, <laughs> right? The only language I dream in is English. So I'll, I'll never be able to speak in the language of my ancestors. So to what extent will I ever fully be African, even though I'm of African descent? Yeah, it blew my mind. I was hot about it. But, you know, it's just something to think about. And so I continue to dream, right? And again, what do y'all think about with dreaming? And so this next artist, yeah, I, you know, Posthumously, he's a, he was a great artist. You know, I, I well, I only listened to two of his albums. The last one and the one before that, right? I've talked about him before. Young Gun, you know, my son turned me on to him. And so, yeah, this song here is about the lucid nature of dreams, right? It's tied into a desire to have a woman that don't want you, right? It's about unrequited love, right? And how, how he wanted an intervention that never happened. I still see your shadows in my room. Juice World is similar to Future in this sense, right? <laughs> so I made the argument this weekend, right, with the students. I was like, hey, I can make the argument, you know, 56 Nights, uh, Dirty Sprite 2, What a Time to Be Alive, uh, Future Hendrix, right? Those four albums between 2010, 2000, really between 2015, well, yeah, 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 between 2010, 
2012-ish and uh, 2020, I can make the argument that Future is, is the second greatest artist of the decade. Behind Kendrick, better than Drake. I can make that argument, right? Students was like, oh, well, how's he? How does he? I was like, you know, because Future give us an example of how not to be. <laughs> As men, right? But this song here is just about the the pursuit of unrequited love. You know, it reminds me of the Frank Ocean song, "Unrequited Love," right? Well, you and I'm sure the, the listeners, y'all all been through it. God, girl, alike, right? Well, you you love somebody, you wanted to be with them, you thought that they didn't care about you at all. I don't know if you thought they wanted you dead, but you know, it's been times I was depressed. You know, I talked about it before on the podcast. I, I got my heart broke when I was younger. I was in fully clothed and sitting in a tub of water. <laughs> Crying, snot running, trying to get over her, right? Never seen her since. I won't put her name out there because she's trash. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not trash. She's a great person. She, I just was hurt because, you know, she didn't want me, right? I, I took it personal, right? Yeah, so don't do that. Just because somebody don't want you, that don't make them trash, right? Don't do not do that. But, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, Lucid Dreams, he can't move a thing, right? That's a, that's a metaphor, again, like he can't move through life. He feels like without her, which is why she wants him dead. Like, if he can't be with her, he'd rather be dead, right? And that's, that's he should have been in a council session with me. <laughs> no, not, I'm just, hey. No, no disrespect to the dead. So, yeah, Juice World, miss you, young gun. This song right here, Stamp It Time. Beautiful, well-written, uh, well-thought-out. I love the singing part about it. Yeah, excellent, excellent job. But y'all know, y'all been rejected. Some of y'all been rejected. You wanted somebody, they ain't want you. That's part of life. Hey, it is what it is. But this, you know, I had, I never had, I've always been a civilian, you know, so I never had street dreams. I know a few dope boys out there. I won't say no names. Allegedly, they was in the game deep. And they, they whole life story was sounding just like this right here. Uh, it's reaching the key. Everybody looking for something. Ah, uh, made of this. Uh-huh. To disagree, everybody looking for something. <laughs> Woo, nah, show that. My man put me up for the shit. One fourth of a square. Again. Was blazed. When we dollars and cents, a fugitive with two attempts. So now that drew a print. To prove it guilty, I'ma try to be filthy. And start up a real team for real G. <laughs> if you haven't seen this video, <laughs> So, one thing about Nas is he he's the so Casino is a uh, it's a drug cult classic movie, right? It's De Niro or is it Pacino? They the same to me. I ain't never seen them twice in the same place, same place together. Wait, they was a Heat together. They was a Heat together. They were okay. So you have seen them the same place at the same time. But the video is Nas pink suit. Just like in the movie Casino, right? Dope dealer exploits. <laughs> That's what this song is about, right? And even though I never had dope dealer exploits, right? 
you know, I, I just, man, I, I've heard them stories. Them dope dealer exploit dreams, they ain't tragic. <laughs> it, it ain't many Jay-Z's out there that sold dope, allegedly, became rap artists, right, rapped out of poverty, never sold drugs again, right? Some of them stories in, like, Tupac's story, right? Or they, they ended, like, you know, Pop Smoke story. Right? Not that either one of them sold drugs, but just just the life. Right? The life. No matter how much money you got, it's always somebody out there that don't got any. And they gonna try to take anything that you got. And so you just have to, man, when you're pursuing your dreams, your dreams don't have to always be on on in public sphere. And so I get that Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, like you know, TikTok even. You wanna show you got your wealth, you know. Black boy, always showing. Not black boy. What's the uh, NBA young boy? Is it NBA young boy? I think that's him. Always got money, money bag, yo. They always got money that they showing. G Herbo, nobody. We don't need to see that. Yeah, we don't need to see that money, cause you got your locator on. Somebody coming to get you, right? And so you just, yeah, dreams. I, I love the dreams. I got plenty of dreams. And so those, those are my dreamscapes. Just how, about how I'm just, I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm glad to have been able to dream, right? And that's, that's my full disclosure. I I had a, I got a problem sleeping because I think about death a lot. So I don't, don't want to go to sleep, but I love dreaming, right? I'm afraid I won't wake up, but I do love dreaming while I'm sleeping. Yeah, so that, that was my full disclosure about my dreamscape, right? From being from Musgrave, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, people doubt it. Graduated from John Marshall High School, went to Southern Methodist University, went to University of Oklahoma, went to the University of Utah, got 23 years worth of education. <laughs> and what did it get me? A professor job, that's it. That Not no wealth and riches, but it got me my, you know, I do the professor thing, but I do the podcast thing too, because I'm a lover of hip-hop. Yay, yay. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's my dreamscape. Yeah, so I want to share that with y'all. That's my full disclosure. To those of you out there, you know, I always say, like Dr. A said this weekend at the Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government in her session about Megan Stallion and doing your best out there, I've always said this. Never share your dreams with people who can make your dreams happen without you. Mm. And that is going to take us into my next section. Either or, neither nor. This is a topic we just talked about yesterday, but it is a conversation that is still going about hair discrimination. Now some Georgia lawmakers are proposing legislation that would protect natural hairstyles associated with race. So Senate Bill 286 is sponsored by black women and would make it illegal for schools or businesses in Georgia to discriminate against someone because of how they wear their hair. Senator Tony, Tanya Anderson said, our hair is an expression of who we are and conforming is almost no longer the norm. The bill is getting support. This Senate candidate tweeted, when I started growing my locks, people warned me about hair discrimination and she urged legislators to pass it. Now other states have similar laws exist in California, New York and New Jersey, and they're proposed in Colorado, Tennessee and Florida. So if you're wondering why this kind of legislation is necessary, a little reminder, Remember this, Six Flags over Texas told Kerry on Washington he couldn't get hired there unless he got rid of his locks. The company since changed its policy. And in Florida, this six-year-old boy was turned away from school because it had a policy 
that banned locks. So in our live survey, we want to know, should Texas ban hair discrimination? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Hell no. So this is my either. Right, so that, that, that clip was from KHOU11. So it's in Houston, right? So Texas, where I'm at, they considering passing some type of law that says, hey, you can't discriminate against me, right? So when I was on the job market, I had locks. Had been growing up for seven years. I've since cut them off. But I was mindful of when I was interviewing, you know, I had black colleagues tell me, if you want to get a job, you need to cut your locks. They ain't going to hire you. You know, then I had my chair was like, hey, Dr. Berkson was like, hey, if it's a place that won't hire you because you got locks, you don't want to be there. No way. And I was like, that's it right there. Right. And so, you know, I was on the market. I got hired. But that's my thing. That's my either. Like black bodies are being policed. And I talk about it a lot, you know, because I'm black. Of course, I'm of African descent. So I'm talking about it. Yeah. There should never be a law that doesn't allow. Well, there should be a law that says, hey. My natural curl pattern, you can't discriminate against me, right? Because there's not a positive correlation between the way my hair is worn and my intellect or my propensity to do anything negative, right? But again, it goes back to the police and the black bodies, essentially. If you can't, hey, we control the cool. Black people control the cool. Everything that's cool about the culture, somebody black did it or created it or renegade dancing, whatever we're doing, we're doing it, black people creating it and just getting, you know, appropriated <laughs> sadly and so yeah i'm legislation i hope it spreads like wildfire there should be a federal law that says it can't happen but you know it usually happens it paces out states one state at a time and then the feds get on in the back end and so yeah if you're a legislator you know i want to hear bernie sanders i want to hear these democrats talk about it this ain't a political podcast but i ain't decided who i'm gonna vote for i know who i ain't gonna vote for but i ain't decided who i'm gonna vote for and so i want I want to have a, hear somebody have a discussion about black hair in its natural state, how valuable and important it is, and how our kids shouldn't have to sh cut their hair to participate in sports because some school district said it, or they won't hire us or fire us because our hair is extra curly, right? <laughs> so that's my either. Now, this is my or. <laughs> Ministration validation. <laughs> so I had a conversation in my house about cycles, right? So some women call it their moon. Some women call it their period. Some women call it they can't get out the bed because them cramps is terrible. <laughs> Not that that's funny because I don't get cramps because God decided that I didn't need to have a period. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so I'm talking to my daughter, right, and her mom, and we have a conversation about Mood shifts. My perception of mood shifting around women that have a menstrual cycle, right? And so we debating, heated debate, and then you know I made an excellent point, and I my I said ISIS. So she just keeps talking over me, and I said ISIS, uh, you need to validate your daddy. <laughs> and this is what she looked at me and said, Dad. That's how she talks to me. Dad, we'll validate you once you get a period. What? <laughs> And so as I reach for my belt to take it off and whoop her ass for talking to me in a disrespectful tone, the me that said, okay, black feminist woman, step up and take your place, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a man. I shouldn't even be talking about menstrual cycles anyway. 
right? My maleness need to sit down, be quiet. My sexism, my patriarch, my massage noir. Yeah, I need to sit down and be quiet. This ain't my topic to be broached. Kind of like abortion. Not that I'm having a discussion with my daughter about abortion, but yeah, those type of topics men shouldn't even have a, a perspective or a conversation about. <laughs> but it, it was just funny to hear her say, Dad, yeah, when you get a period, we'll validate you. So I was hot at first. She was about to get foot to ass, but I was like, ah, yeah, I let her, I let her slide. I appreciate the step up. Hopefully she's talking that way to the young boys that's trying to holler, right? The ones that are trying to bring her period to an end because we're not having it, you dig? <laughs> Definitely not having it. <laughs> so this, as we go to my neither nor, I mentioned earlier, presidential candidates. Yeah. Speaking of presidential candidates, I don't know who y'all voting for, I'm damn sure not voting for Bloomberg. He's my neither, right? And I couldn't say it. I, I tried to say it the best that I could, and I, it was it was more no more eloquently stated than by this young brother here on his night show, and he said it so well that it just summated, is that a word? Summated, it summated all the things that I thought for myself that I couldn't actually verbalize. You know, the, the biggest issue, I think, I have and many other people have with Mike Bloomberg and how he's defending his stop and frisk record is that he doesn't seem to know what he's defending. And that, that for me is a problem. You know, he goes, oh, I, I apologize for the policy. And people are not, are not as angry about the policy, I think, as how the policy was targeted. Because for so many years, especially in America, black people have said, hey, the police are targeting us just because we're black. They treat us like we're all criminals. They're not just trying to go for criminals. And what would people say to people? Oh, you're overreacting. Cops are not just gonna throw you against the wall. You must have done something. And I can imagine for a long time, for many black Americans, it must have felt like being gaslit. You know what's happening to you. You say what's happening to you, and people are like, that's crazy. And I can imagine how for many white people in America, they're like, that is crazy. You just got thrown against the wall? Why? You must have been doing something. Because white people are like, I've never been thrown against the wall. That, that would never happen to me. What, what? You just got thrown against the wall? That's it? I see cops all the time. I say, hello, officer. They say, hello, sir. And then I keep walking. <laughs> you just got thrown against the wall? That doesn't make any sense. And, I can and then a lot of black people were like, you white people are being racist because you don't. And white people are like, that is insane. Cops will not just throw. And I can see how people have lived in these worlds for so long. And then now you have audio of Mike Bloomberg saying. And that audio for me, if you break it down into pieces, has so many issues with it. First of all, the fact that he says, if you look at criminals and, 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 and victims of crime, et cetera, you can Xerox. You can just copy and paste it and put it out there. It shows me that you didn't even care about the differences between black people. You made it seem like black is crime when in fact black is most affected by crime. 1,000% black people are affected by crime. And so just Trevor Noah, Right on his late night show, and so I listened to the clip of Greenberg, and basically he's saying racially profiled black and brown people in New York because they are, they criminals, and because they criminals, we need to stop them and frisk them disproportionately because it is is a greater it, it is a greater likelihood that they're going to be involved in crime, so they're going to have a strap on them. Or they're going to have drugs on them. And they're going to get involved in this criminality because they black and brown. Right? It's a pathology. It's who we are. And I heard that. I was like, what? 
That's why I love people like Amarosa as a, as an aside. Always so I'm not a, I don't know your state laws and I'm not an attorney. I'm a doctor, so I would encourage you to look up whatever it is before you do what I recommend that you do. So I recommend that everybody keep a phone in their pocket. <laughs> Please keep a phone in your pocket and record over people. Record them in their tomfoolery. So you got a record of it. So people can't deny it and be like, well, no, I didn't say that. Yeah, 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 I recorded it. <laughs> you said it. I, here, I'm going to take your job. Your job need to get lost because you racist, you sexist, you homophobic, you heterosexist, you hate transgender. Yeah, people. So we're not doing that. Yeah, but th- yeah, Mike <laughs> Bloomberg, stop and frisk. I got a long memory. Not voting for you. Yeah, don't. You, I saw <laughs> I saw this meme of this Make America Great hat on Twitter. It said Make America Great, but it was blue. And it was for, for Bloomberg. And, and the message I got out of that is he's the same as Trump. He's just a Democrat on the other side. He's extra arrogant. And it, again, this ain't a, a rant on Bloomberg, but yeah. Seen him in the debate. He's trash. I hope he don't last. <laughs> I definitely hope he don't last because he 1,000% is not going to get my vote. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is this is my nor. So like he said, it's differences between white and black people. So when I, I what I've been doing, so as, as a scholar that does qualitative research, I do observations. And I've been doing some observations. And I had some debates this weekend with, with plenty of people of color and a couple of white friends that I got, too. And we talked about one thing. <laughs> Flip-flop slides. <laughs> so I think it's difficult for black and brown people to wear slides without socks. <laughs> I don't know why that is. It's 107. So in here in Lubbock, Texas, yeah, it is 115 all summer long, right? And without fail, you're going to see somebody, black or brown, with flip-flops, with slides on, and guess what? Socks. (laughs) They're going to have socks and sweaty feet. But the opposite can be found. When I was in Salt Lake City, I'd always see some white boy with a hip-hop, well, so he had a hoodie on with a bubble goose coat with shorts, flip-flops, no socks. <laughs> and it was cold as hell because I had Tim's on while it was snowing. I talked to my white friends. I'm like, hey, man, do you notice that? Do you do this? Some of white male friends, yes, I do that. Why? Well, because I want my chest warm. <laughs> I'm like, what about your frostbitten toes? They're like, yeah, my feet. My feet be cool. My feet don't be, my, my feet be cool in the cool. I'm cool with it. I'm like, what? <laughs> On the flip side of that, I asked my black and brown male friends, what's up with the no toes out? They not wearing, they, I think, I, so I don't know. That's a lot of black and brown men that I know. Right, they not gonna get their toes done. They feet gonna be turned through socks. They done been, they done lost relationships, got divorced, marriages over their crusty feet, <laughs> cause they won't take care of them. And one side effect is they gonna, they gonna just, they not, they always gonna have socks on. You gotta let your feet breathe. You can't put lotion on your feet and then put your sock on top of that with a slide on top of that when it's hundred and eleven. 
<laughs> you just, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. And I, I just think it's just, it's just cultural differences. It's just cultural differences. You you want your feet warm? Yeah, and the white males, they want their chest warm. <laughs> I guess. I got my feet out. Extra. My feet be extra out. I'm not wearing I'm not wearing slides or flip-flops with socks. I want my toes out. So you can see my toes. Yeah. I'm I'm in this foot game. I'm, I'm still selling feet pics. Like, if I told y'all how many men, white men, <laughs> have paid me to date to take pictures of my feet and send them pictures? Man. <laughs> I bought Ice's new car with money I made from selling feet pics. <laughs> But that's a that's a whole other that's a whole other story for a whole other time. But yeah, that's my either or, neither nor. Right? Hair discrimination ban, uh, menstruated validation, flip flop slides. Yeah, stop and frisk. Whoo! Yeah. So what we're getting ready to get into is my extra favorite segment. What's it called for the listeners? What we not gonna do? We can only fix this world together. We we can't do it divided. I cannot emphasize that enough. We can't let the desensitivity seep in. The if it's your problem, then it's not mine. It's a woman's problem. It's a black people problem. It's a poor people problem. I mean, how many of us in this room have colleagues and partners and friends from other races, sexes, religions? Show of hands. Well, then, you know, they want to break bread with you, right? They like you. Well, then, this is their problem, too. So, let me be clear. Rihanna, so, let me say this to y'all. One day, y'all gonna realize that Rihanna is everything that y'all be pretending Beyonce is. (laughs) Right? So, So, this weekend, again, I asked the kids, the students, Y'all was like, hey, Rihanna, who's hotter? Rihanna or Beyonce? They was like, oh, Beyonce. I was like, what's what's uh Beyonce's best album? They was like, Dangerously in Love. I was like, no. Nah, it's uh, Lemonade, and that ain't better than Anti. Right? But anyway, I digress. This ain't, this ain't an anti-Beyonce podcast. What it is is a, is a pro-Rihanna. What we're not going to do is not recognize the greatness of Rihanna. Right. And so th- this clip was from the NAACP Image Award. So Rihanna gets a president, a president's award. Right. So the president's award is is it's recognition of special achievement. Right. And distinguished public service. Right. And it, it was created in 1988. Rihanna was the 2019 winner. Ironically, Jay-Z was a 2018 winner. Right. Not that there's a connection, but, you know, Jay-Z launched Rihanna's career loosely. Right, he launched Rihanna's career, and you know he's married to Beyonce, <laughs> and that's that's a debate in comparison in between. But really, ain't no comparison to me, cause Beyonce to me, she's like the she's like the Kanye West of music, right? So we only hear from Beyonce when she's selling something, 
It's like Kanye. Either she's selling Adidas, uh, Ivy Park, or she's selling, um, she's singing on Lion King, or she's selling us, you know, uh, uh, her Netflix special, or she's selling something, right? So I, I thought Lemonade was going to be the beginning of her being like Rihanna. Rihanna creates her nonprofit in 2012. She been putting in work eight years. Giving back money, they were showing how many how many billions of dollars she's helped to contribute to, right? And trying to fight poverty, right? Like she said, it's bigger than her. She's extra humble. That don't have nothing to do with with her makeup line or her Fenty, right? And the things she's doing with Louis Vuitton. And, and we, I'm waiting for the music. Rihanna, hello. <laughs> I love I love what you're doing. And uh, hey, I want I want some more music. But yeah, that's it. You know. I want to I want to give her her acknowledgement, right? Because it's rare that you know Rihanna gets the love that she's supposed to get, right? Like people really don't they don't give it to her they don't give her the love, you know. But I give her the love. Yeah, on the facade podcast, we definitely gonna give her the love. So what we not gonna do is disrespect Rihanna. No more. I'm done with the comparisons. I don't want to hear anybody comparing Rihanna to Beyonce. Rihanna don't have no beehive. I don't know what they call them. The the people that's fanatics. I'm a fanatic of somebody getting a community and putting in work, right? That ain't selling me something. They are doing work in the community globally, not just here in the, in the States, but globally. And so, yeah, I want to take this time to salute to Riri, Queen Riri, right? Want to recognize you and uh, thank you personally for the work you're doing in the community. Charity starts at home. You dig? It starts at home. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, now we're getting ready to move into time about, yeah, so time about section for the, the new Facade Podcast followers is a section where you DM me. And then when you DM the podcast, I answer your question. And so this question was, it was posed by Genius initially, right, on Twitter. And so the, the question was, who's your top four, well, who's your Mount Rushmore, right? So I, I'm... I'm, I like Kilimanjaro. It should be called a Kilimanjaro. But I'll go with Re- Mount Rushmore. Who's your top four MCs on your Mount Rushmore? So, repeat after me. Kanye. Kanye you know what I'm saying? Kanye. <laughs> Drake. Wayne. 3,000. Kanye. Drake. Wayne. 3,000. Kanye, Drake, Wayne, 3,000. Kanye, Wayne, Drake, 3,000. Yeah, that's that's my Mount Rushmore. It's pretty simple. Yeah, Kanye got four classic albums. Drake expanded hip-hop. He is a Canadian. He took hip-hop global to me in ways that no other MC had. Wayne, I just, I just ran Wayne's resume down for you. 3,000, best MC ever of the Mighty Outcast. Now, Kendrick, Kendrick could probably knock somebody out of that group because, you know, it's K-Dot, so he, but his career ain't over. You know, Kanye's career is basically over. Drake is still growing. Wayne, yeah, he's tapering off. He's tapering off, but he was hot. 3,000, never rap again. Well, we'll never probably put another album out. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my, uh, <laughs> that's that's my group of MCs: Kanye, Wayne, Drake, Three Thousand. 
Yeah, to answer the question. That was a pretty easy question. Thank you. But yeah, Genius had covered it earlier this week. I forgot who Genius. Let me let me hold on, let me go on here and see what Genius picked. Uh Genius picked Kanye Wayne. Uh who is that? I don't know who that is. Uh hold on. So people responded. Kanye <laughs> Somebody put Kanye, 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 Kanye four times. Some people, uh, uh, Ghost Sire, Biggie, Jay-Z, Tupac, Lil Wayne, uh, let me see, M, Logic, yeah, they, yeah, they tripping. Uh, Jay-Z, 3000, Kanye, Kendrick, yeah, a couple people, Eminem, Jay-Z, Wayne, uh, Kanye, yeah, so it just, I mean, it just depends on who, you know, who's, who's ranking them, Pac, Biggie, M, and Nas, so I get it, yeah. But I, that was it. That was my uh, my take on answering your question and talking about that. So now we're going to get to, man, podcast is almost over. We're going to get to the end of it, the D-Tangle. Whew, that went fast, boy. Podcast just was like, mm. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I was thinking about getting to 90 minutes. So earlier I did a uh, survey. And y'all was like, hey, 60 minutes. Don't go over 90 minutes. And so that's why I kind of be around the 70, 80-minute threshold, right? Because I, w- I don't want y'all to, well, you know, my content is actually, I know y'all be want craving more. Yeah, them other podcasts out there, I don't know what they be. I said it a thousand times, Joe Budden Podcast, they the tribe called Quest of Podcasting, right? I'm the Kitchen Lamar Podcast, just me. Solo singer, no more, no less. Yeah. Triple double, no assists, all me. But yeah, this this is the uh the um the uh detangle. Right? So the detangle for all you new listeners is how it's where I break it down. I try to, you know, say something, you know, worth hearing, give a little advice, try to spread the word. You know, I'm like J. Code, I'm the middle child. I'm between talking to my pops and talking to my son, between mentoring, you know, undergraduate students and getting mentored by full professors. Like I'm, you know, I'm out here in the middle. I'm, I'm between and betwixt. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'm between and betwixt. But anyway, this is some dating advice, right? And so a lot of people talk about dating, not dating, why they don't want to date. Here's the perfect line that y'all need to say when somebody try to step. <laughs> when somebody walks up to you and says, "Excuse me." Is anybody sitting here? Here's what you say. Yes, my ancestors are sitting here at this table with me, watching me, protecting me from evil, evil that approacheth. (laughs) So what I need you to do, if your intentions is foul, is keep it moving. Yeah, that way. Away from me. And that ain't rude. That's just, you know, you need to be protected. I think if a lot of people would be like, hey, I need to be, uh, you know, I was talking this weekend. We talked about uh, Kendrick Lamar, talking about how, you know, ain't nobody praying for him because his ancestors is deceased. So his grandparents are deceased. So nobody's praying for him. Sometimes you got to evoke the name, the sound, the spirit of your ancestors to surround you, right, and protect you from evil that cometh. Even that's one to cometh. Yeah, you need to you need to protect yourself from all that nonsensory, right? And so it's okay to say, 
Yeah, because you're serious. Because here's the thing. If that person is tuned into the into, they'll be like, oh, well, I don't want to disrespect your ancestors because I didn't get I didn't even get permission to sit down. I didn't realize that you were that you know that person's not crazy, right? That person kind of understands that you they probably you know support, recognize, acknowledge their ancestors, right? In similar ways that you do, they may, right? And so that's good. Hey, I'm all for uh Sorry, about, I'm kicking my trash can. I'm all for, um, what's that called? Being evenly yoked. Yeah, sometimes you got to be evenly yoked. Every time, I would argue. Got to be evenly yoked with folks, right? And so, anyway, we had an hour, 12 minutes, 72 minutes in. And so that's going to bring a close to the Facade Podcast for, uh, yeah, for this month. Because we do it every other Sunday. I apologize for dropping it today on a Monday. I was in transit. I was in Oklahoma City attending the Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government. Love to see them students. The next one is at Kansas State. Next year is going to be about health. I got something for you <laughs> about emotional adulting. We're going to break down this Drake Views album. Yeah, that's going to be my presentation. Um, that's, uh, that's called uh, foreshadowing. Yeah, forecasting that I'm going to be podcasting this time next year. Yeah, for side podcast, we're gonna be at Kansas State drinking down, breaking down uh, Drake's views album. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there we got a we got a lot coming. Yeah, again, I said we was at A and M, we was in Oklahoma, we doing a facade podcast at Texas Tech on Friday at Scondo Theater. Make sure you come out. We get ready to release some tour date information. Yeah, Black Collegians, Collegians, if you want to have some uh, some comedic. Hip hop, intellectualism, yeah. We'll travel. Have brain. We'll travel. <laughs> yeah. So I'm coming to your city whenever you want me there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to Squad. Yeah. Shout out to uh, to DJ Chuck who uh, does a mix playlist for you. Drops every Monday at 11 Central Standard Time. Shout out to Zoe. Yeah, he's a technology photo. Help us get out there, strategize. Shout out to Dr. A with the topic. Be shooting me the topics that to consider, right, for the podcast. Shout out to you, the listener, first-time listener, whether you're collegian, you're adult, you're a parent, you just love the podcast. Shout out to you. I appreciate you. And know with 2,000% certainty that we maraud for it. Ears. Side podcast is written and produced by me. Original theme music by Taylor Latrey. Audio editing by me. If you enjoy Facade Podcast, help me spread the word by telling a student, friend, a family member, and even a co-worker about the show. Follow Facade Podcast playlist on Spotify, where you can find musical playlists curated by DJ Chuck Diesel every Monday. Also, be sure to introduce yourself at Facade Podcast on Twitter, at Facade Pod on IG. Okay, thanks everyone. Talk to you in two weeks.